welcome back to a Witch's Witch Hunt. I'm your host, Haley Punt. Hello, hello. Glad to have y'all back here for the third episode, and I'm super excited about this episode. I love talking about tools and altars and all the pretty little crafting stuff that you get to do along with it. So that's what I figured we'd talk about in this episode. We're going to talk about the tools, kind of um, about tools and altars and what they are exactly, and um, and go from there. After this episode, be sure to go to our Facebook page because there I'm going to be showing photos and videos of my altar. Um, I do know that a lot of people uh, have crazy, elaborate altars, and I just want to go ahead and say that you do not need to have all that to have an altar. Yes, those things are super pretty, and we'd love to have an altar with all the fang dangly stuff, but remember, an altar is just a tool, and it's not a necessity. It doesn't make you any less of a witch if you don't have one or if you don't have one that's all all elaborate. Just remember, the power source is you and not your tools. Before we get started, I just wanted to say how blessed I am to have all the support for this podcast. So many people have reached out with their love, and I'm just really shocked that it has reached as many people as it has and that this many people care about the spiritual part of life to tune back in every week. We have people all over the U.S. being shown this podcast. We have people in Virginia, Texas, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Colorado, and that is to just name the very, very few. And that is so exciting to me and so absolutely amazing. Also, next week on Tuesday, I will be revealing who has won the welcome giveaway. If you haven't entered yourself in to potentially be drawn for it, please do that. The deadline will be the 26th. All you have to do is go and follow the Facebook page, A Witch's Witch Hunt Podcast, and you'll have the opportunity to have your name pulled for the giveaway. The giveaway is just kind of a thank you for participating. Thank you for being a part and liking and supporting. And um, I'm definitely going to be doing more giveaways coming to the near future. But for right now, the deadline for this one is the 26th. So make sure you go and like the Facebook page to give yourself a chance to win. I'm really happy that this podcast is doing so amazing and it's growing. I love the community. I love the people that we have involved. But with it growing, I'm definitely going to have to be purchasing a better mic and equipment. I want to give you all the best quality and that definitely means better equipment. I was wanting to do that this weekend, but I was really busy. My birthday was actually this past weekend. It was the 16th, so last Thursday. And we celebrated this weekend. We couldn't really go out anywhere, so we just hung around the house and celebrated. But it was awesome. I really got stocked up on some herbs and some new gardening tools. We did some great quality time planting with my husband. So I'm very pleased with how this weekend went. It was absolutely amazing. So many people have been requesting some of these topics that I have been talking about. And um, a lot of new baby witches have been coming to me, which just is another term for new witch. They've been requesting for us to start at the beginning with basics. They just, they need to learn from the ground up. So that's what we're going to do here. So this episode and the next episode might be some just very basic information that you might already know or might seem a little boring to you. But We're here to grow as a coven and to work together, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to learn all this together. If you've already heard it and you're not that interested, that's cool. No problem. But there are many people that don't know this stuff and they want to learn. So we're going to talk about the tools and altars. Okay, so we've touched slightly on the branches of witchcraft. So do you know which branch you stand on or what type of witch you want to be? 
It's not necessary to let you know right now. And you don't even ever have to put a label on yourself if you don't want to. But it might better help you to understand what type of tools you're looking for or exactly how you want to decorate your altar come later on in this episode. If you don't know, but you still want to figure it out, you can always do your own research just to kind of get a feel and an idea of what your options are. I will be doing a future episode uh, based on future witches, but I'll do that later on in the series just for a better understanding so we know what type of witches there are. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and jump into the basics. So going into Witch 101, there are quite a few basics. So the main ones are going to be connecting into your elements and then grounding. So connecting into your elements, there are five elements. You have the spirit, air, earth, fire, and water. So what you're wanting to do is you're wanting to get connected with those. And the best way to do that is to spend time with each of these. So you can go plant outside for earth. You can sit outside on your porch and feel the breeze for air. You can stand in the rain or go take a nice hot bath or a long shower for water. You can even meditate with candles for fire. Now, there are so many different ways. Them are just to name very few to give you an idea. Definitely look up your own if you'd like to do something else. But the point is to feel gratitude towards the elements and for what all they give you. So the point is, is when you feel them or see them, it makes you feel very thankful. You're very, very thankful for all the things that they give you throughout your life. That is the point and that's what you're working towards. This right here is best to start at the beginning of learning the craft. It's kind of like a building block. So once you do this, you have your basic love for them, and then you can add on and extend your craft above that. So the next one is grounding. Now, the definition for grounding is a practice that connects your body to the earth and brings physical and emotional balance and strength. So a lot of the times when you do this, you become more present. So you really start to enjoy the now, and you really start to enjoy the little things that make up the now, if that makes sense. Some techniques of grounding are meditation, salt baths, and walking on the earth barefoot. Them are, again, are just some few. My favorite is walking on the earth barefoot. I love that, and it really does give you that sensation of being connected with the earth. Now, grounding is something you're going to want to do often. It's not one of those things you just learn and then you kind of build on top of. This is something that you should do before any energy works. It helps to ground yourself. It helps to settle in your vibrations and your intentions. It's an overall tool to help better you and you always want to do that before you do any energy work. So that's something to always do. So figure out what works best for you and run with it. Just remember, though, to take it slow. It's not a race. You building these platforms for yourself are very important. The more time you spend connecting with the elements and the earth and your surroundings, the better off you're going to be. The more you get in touch with yourself and learn yourself, the stronger your magic's going to be. So these are very important tools. Just remember to take your time and spend as much time as you need on them. You'll know when you're ready to advance. Again, it's all on you. Every witch is different. So just remember that. So once you got those down pat, the next thing you're going to want to do is add your tools. So it's important to find out what tools work best for you. Some of my personal favorites are crystals, herbs, and essential oils. But there are so many more. You have pendulums, candles, thams, bells, brooms, books, cauldrons, chalices, uh, pentacles, tarot cards. Again, just some of the ones. They all differ. Now, every branch of witchcraft or type of witch that you want to be, they're not all going to use the same things. So some, you know, might need this and others might not. 
For me, I pretty much use all of them, but today we're just going to kind of talk about the ones that I mostly use, just to kind of keep it short, because this episode could go on forever, because there's so many different tools and materials that witches like to use and do use. But yeah, just remember that you just pick what works best for you. Now, I do know in Wicca, they are a little bit more strict. So they kind of have um, a layout of the things that they need in their altars and how to go about casting circles and doing rituals. They have to have certain materials and um, have to go about it a certain way. So depending on which branch you go into, really look it up and do your research so you know what type of tools you need to go out and purchase. For me, like I said, I like using them all. I really, really love herbs. I love making herbal teas, herbal baths. I even like to use essential oils. They're really great on your skin if you're not sensitive to that type of stuff. If you have, um, you know, pretty tough skin, then they are great to use in that way. And if you can't, then they're awesome to use in aromatherapy, massage oils, bath blends, even household cleaners, which I found was really, really cool. Obviously, the effects depend on the oil that you're using, so be sure to check out what type of oil you're using and, you know, what you're going for and what you're wanting to get out of the oils. They can help keep your home more sanitary, help reduce health issues like anxiety, migraines. They can um, give you a sense of energy, enhance sleep. Now, if you use them more direct, directly on your skin, they can give you some of the same benefits, but they can also give you others, which I thought was really cool. They can disaffect cuts. Relieve itching and inflammation, relieves pain, encourages hair growth, and helps digestion. So, them are pretty cool. There are a bunch of essential oils. Again, look at the type that you're using and see what you're wanting to use them for. Google and books are amazing, and if you don't know something, you can definitely find it on there. So, be sure to do that and check up on what you're needing. Herbs are pretty much used for the same things. Um, you can use them in cooking, oil blends for your skin, to anoint candles. Any form of spell work, really, you can add herbs in. They can even be used for protection. You can dry these and hang these up over your doors and windows or your bed for protection, which is really great. A lot of these, though, they just help your body and your soul. That's mostly their use for herbs and oils is for your body and your soul for protection, healing, cleansing type of thing. Really, really awesome tools, and that's why I really love them. Next, we got tarot cards or oracle cards. They do similar workings. A misconception of these, though, I really do want to touch on this real fast. They, many people think that they predict the future. They don't predict the future. They don't read the future. They simply give you spiritual guidance in whatever situation you're in or looking for. There are many types of decks that you can purchase. Me personally, I do like the oracle cards better. Tarot and oracle cards, there's not one that's better than the other, but that's just my preferred preference. Um, also, I like to have several. I like to have several decks. Some people might only like to have one deck. It's all to your own liking. Each deck is a little different, but I do like the oracle decks because they give guidebooks. You can actually buy them with guidebooks, so if you pull a card... You see your card, you match the card up to the one that's in the guidebook, and it actually gives you like a two to three page long summary of what the message is trying to tell you, which I thought is really cool. It's a lot easier to interpret your message. It's a lot cleaner, and they have so many different types of themes, which I really like too. So, and each theme, obviously, they're giving off different messages. So, you get a bigger variety of messages, I think, compared to tarot cards. 
again, one is not better than the other. They're both really cool. That's just my preference and what I would recommend from my likings. Candles are another major tool. They're mostly used in candle magic. Now, candles can be read by the flick of the flame or by the way the candle is melting. So, you can look at a candle and if it is melting on the right side or the left side or if it's even flat across, they all have different meanings and that's how you read your candles. Candle colors should be took into consideration when doing spell work. So... When you're trying to go about a certain spell, you definitely want to look at the color that you need. If you don't have any colors, white candles are really good to have at all times. White candles are like the mother of all candles and you actually can use them for anything. So if you don't have a whole bunch of colors, then get white candles because you can make them into whatever you want. We got crystals, pendulums, and runestones. These can be used for healing you spiritually and physically. But they're also used for harvesting energy and then directing the energy into your spells. Pendulums can even be used as, as a form of communication. There are many, many types of crystals. Even in a, in a quartz, you have so many different types in just a quartz. There are a billion different crystals, so be sure to look into them. See what you're going for. Do you need one for protection? Do you need one for love? Do you need one for anxiety? Whatever it may be, be sure to look it up because it will tell you what crystals work best for it. And that way you're not having to just gather up a bunch of crystals and hope for the best. You can actually go out and purchase the ones that you specifically need. So I would recommend that. Books and journals are a great tool to further your knowledge. Now, there are so many books that you can purchase, whether it's in local stores or online. I love having books. My first book was actually The Craft, and I believe, I haven't read it in a while, but I'm pretty sure it was based off of the Wiccan culture, which, like I said, I'm not a Wiccan, but it was a great book for your basic knowledge for that stepping stone to build everything on top of. It gave me all the knowledge that I needed at that time. So it was a really great book. And I would definitely recommend that you buy books. Now for me, that's where I had to start. I didn't really, I was young. I was probably like 13, 14 when I really started to get into this stuff. And obviously I didn't have a computer and I didn't have a phone at the time. So I couldn't just look stuff up. So I had to use books. And that was my first book. And it was it was pretty good. I love having a journal. Journals are great. They're great for tracking your spiritual growth. And that is very important. I use mine to write down techniques that I want to learn. I track my dreams. I track my moods. And I even write my manifestation logs in there. And that's from Law of Attraction. So I use my journal to log down all that stuff. Um, I even have a book that I've wrote on spells and recipes that I've made. And I feel like that's really important because when I come up with my own things, it's nice to have a reference to look back on to remember the things that I've done and what worked and what didn't work for me. So I would definitely recommend to gather books and get journals and jot down all your stuff. Really keep track of yourself. It's easier to learn yourself when you can reference back and see exactly what was happening at the time. The last tool that we're going to talk about today is Sage. Um, this is a very, very well-known tool by so many. And it's probably the most found item in a witch's home. Sage is used mostly to purify the air and to move negative energies. And it's very important. It's so important to have sage. You're going to want sage to purify your homes, to purify your, your station that you're working in. It's very important to have that to make sure you're working in a clear area, area that's full of light, that's full of love, that's, you know, 
not holding on to anything that might be lingering in your home. So that is very important to have, and I would recommend you to have many. I probably have at least six in my cabinet. So now that we have a little base understanding of some tools, hopefully some of them have called out to you, and if none of them haven't, then please take it upon yourself to do your own research and to find other tools that you might like or you might need for yourself. Now, let's talk about what is an altar. An altar can seem like a scary word for people who aren't familiar with it, but really it's just a place to perform your energy workings and to appreciate what you have. So altars can hold all of your materials like storage, or it could be more for decor. So an altar can be your bedside table, it could be a cabinet or a shelf, whatever you want it to be. A lot of people decorate their altars to go along with the seasons and spiritual holidays. Many people decorate their altars as a form of offering to bestow to their god, gods, goddess, or universe, nature, whatever it may be that you hold dear to you. That's usually what they use an altar for. Again, it's all based on the witch herself, and there's no wrong answers, but many witches decorate them with certain colors, flowers, stones that match the season or holidays. So, just like Easter, that was originally... Astara in the pagan form and of course when Christianity came along it got turned into um, Easter what we know now as Easter and a lot of times in Easter you see people tend to decorate with pastel colors and with eggs and bunnies and stuff like this and this all does come from the the pagan Astrias they also use pastel colors. It's the coming of life. It's the colorful flowers. It's the eggs that are being laid. It is the new growth, the babies being born, all your stuff is starting to come back to life. So that's where it kind of got transferred from the pagan to the Christianity. And they still hold a lot of similarities. They still have, like I said, the same colors. They still have the same outlook on it. Obviously, Christianity is celebrating the rising of Christ. But a lot of it still is similar. They still took a lot of similar things with it. So that's what a lot of people do on their altars. They decorate and place flowers and objects and colors on their altars that represents the holidays or the seasons to bestow to whatever it is that they are they're referring to, whether it's like I said, whether it's nature, whether it's a god or goddess or no god at all, whatever it may be, that's usually what they're doing. I've had a lot of people ask about being a Christian and also wanting to be spiritual. So I'm going to touch on this really fast. You can be a Christian religiously and still praise nature at your altar for growing your food and providing fresh water and growing trees for you to be able to make your homes and stuff like that. It's very simple. You can be religious and spiritual at the same time. You don't have to turn your religion away. You don't have to give up your religion. You don't have to believe in more than one God if you're not comfortable with that. There is a such thing called a Christian witch. And this is where you still acknowledge Christ as the only God, but practice, but still practice in your energy workings. There's many branches like this. There's many branches that worship many gods. There are branches that worship one God, and then there's some that don't even worship any. That's the beauty of the craft. It really is whatever you want it to be. It's for everyone. You can make it however you want and what fits you the best. That's the beautiful part is the spiritual and the religious aspects are two totally different things and you don't have to give up one to accommodate for the other. 
So in an altar, um, a lot of people do like to represent the elements, and you can do this by having candles for fire, incense for air, water or wine in a chalice or in a cup or however you want to present it. That can be for water, plants or soil for earth. You can even have a pentagram. It's a five-pointed star. Four of the points represents the elements, which are the ones I just read out to you, and then the last one represents you. You are the spirit. So you have the five-pointed star that represents all. And so that is another way of how you can represent your elements. So now that you've heard about all these different tools and you've heard a little bit about an altar, hopefully, like I said, some of them have resonated with you. You can go out and collect all these things that you want and bring them back to your altar now. Once you start to collect, you will notice that it is hard to keep all of your stuff organized. You have a bunch of tiny little rocks. I even have um, some teeth and stuff like that. I got a bunch of different stuff. And I found the best way to keep it all nicely organized and fresh are jars and vials. You can put a lot of your stuff into these things. Jars tend to keep your stuff fresh. So whether it's herbs or if you make brews and stuff like that, they do really good. And you can buy them pretty cheap. You can buy a lot of them pretty cheap. So I found also that decor bowls hold a lot of crystals. They do really good to set out all of your crystals into this bowl. That's how most of mine are displayed. I do have a couple spheres, but they sit on a little ring. For the most part, decor bowls hold all of your small little rocks really, really well. I wanted to touch on this a little bit too, because you'll see in my altar, I have a bunch of stuff. I have incense, I have books, I have candles, I have rocks, oils, I mean, it's it's crazy, all the amount of stuff that I've, I have. I was even wanting to buy some busts of some goddesses and stuff just because I, I like for what they stand for. Now, the reason that I have a bunch of different stuff is because I consider myself a eclectic witch. And that just simply means that I take from a lot of other different types of branches and I kind of make it my own. There's no real rules or boundaries other than the ones of your morals. I don't feel like I need a religion or spiritual practice to tell me what's wrong, what's right. I feel like that's why we have a conscience. I know I'm not supposed to harm people. I know I'm not supposed to steal or lie. That's common knowledge. So I don't feel like I need to have that in my practice to tell me. So just some examples of witches that I pull from. I pull from a kitchen witch. And a kitchen witch just means that you put your energy work into the food and beverages that you make. So I make food and beverages for me and my family. And I use herbs and stuff into those that we consume. And obviously we get the properties from these herbs and stuff as we consume them. I just love the smell of herbs. I love using them. I'm actually growing my own herbs for my cooking. That way I know where they come from. I know what I'm putting into my food. I know what we're putting into our drinks. So I do take a lot from the Kitchen Witches. I also take from the Green Witch, and that is known as the Garden Witches. They are highly connected to the earth and the energy that the earth possesses. They usually like to grow their own gardens. They usually like to grow their own herbs. And they use plants um, in their spell works, and they tend to have a lot of plants in their homes. That is definitely, definitely me. I literally have, like... 15 plants just inside my house and that's not even talking about the outside 
So I take a lot from there. I am also taking from the Elemental Witch, and that's the practice based off of the four elements that I read from earlier. They like to base their spells around the elements and call upon the elements when casting a spell. Like I said, I have a pentagram in my altar. I use that. I do call upon the elements, and I do try to spend time and ground and connect them to the elements. So I do pull from there. Another one that I pull from is a ceremonial witch. And that just means I like to hold rituals. I like to hold ceremonies. I like to do these things, whether it's for the a moon phase or a equinox or something that's coming, a holiday. I do like to perform those as well. And then the last one that I'm going to talk about, I also pull from the cosmic witch. That's mostly just using the astronomy, astrology, following the planets and the alignments, the stars, your sign and everything. Yeah, those things, I'm all into that stuff too. So that's a cosmic witch. So I pull from those. I pull from a lot of different things, and that's why I'm an eclectic witch. I feel like it best suits me, but to each their own. And this information is just kind of for a guide. I just wanted to throw this out there for you to have a better understanding of what you might want. You know, just one of these might not resonate with you, and that's okay. So if I could tell you a little bit about myself and kind of um, where I'm pulling from and how I'm getting all this information, maybe that'll help you to make a decision for yourself. I use all this stuff on a regular basis. I love my plants. I love my rocks. I love the oils, the incense, the books, the journals, everything. I use them all daily. I Like I said, I literally have 15 plants just on the inside. I have trees and shrubs and stuff on the outside. I could not imagine just being... A green witch. Even though I love my plants, I could not just imagine limiting myself to just that. I do have a mother plant though, and she's really cool. She's really old. I actually got her from my mother, and she's made most of my other plants. I take clippings from her because she gets so big and so long. So I take clippings, and I have made a bunch of other generations. But it's really cool though. I love doing my rounds and watering them. They're very therapeutic to me. They're just so beautiful. And I get so excited when you walk past your plant and you see a new sprout or a new leaf pop up. It's just, it's so amazing to know like you're, you're growing this, you are making this, you're keeping it alive and happy and healthy. And to me, that just seems very rewarding. I also have a Christmas cactus that blooms these beautiful pink red flowers around December. And it sadly this past year, it didn't do it. But the year before, it actually bloomed twice, so I don't know if that has something to do with it. But it is so beautiful, and they're really easy to take care of. So if you're not that well with plants, if you are not um, got a green thumb, maybe look into a Christmas cactus. Obviously, they don't need that much watering, and they do really, really good on the inside if you don't want to have to plant outside. I would definitely recommend one of those. Sadly, right now where we live, we live in like a big open field on a big plot of land. It's a little over an acre. And when we moved in, there was no trees, absolutely no trees. And for us, that was a pretty big bummer. I'm all about trees. I love them. I don't like living in a field. So we've actually planted two trees. We planted them as pretty much as soon as we moved in. And we've planted a bush here and there. And we've planted some, like I've said, perennials around the property. We're going to actually be going out and purchasing some more trees. That way we can plant those this year before fall comes. That way they can root down into the ground before this year gets cold. 
Today we actually went out and picked out some, like I said, perennials to plant around the house. I only walked away with a few, but I always feel so overwhelmed when we go to buy plants because there's just so many and I want them all, all the time. And it's just, it's so hard for me to decide. It's like one of those love-hate activities. I do love that my husband, he knows me very well. He knows how much I love plants. He knows how much I'm into this and um, how I love my rocks and crystals and all this stuff. And for Valentine's Day, not this past year, but the year before, he bought me one of those heart-shaped boxes that's usually filled with the uh, different chocolates, you know. And he replaced them with rocks, and it was the cutest gift. It was super heavy, and I was very confused of what it was at first. But it was super personal. It was so much more personal than chocolates, and I'm not really a chocolate person in the first place. But I just thought that was such an awesome gift, and I'm so proud of him because he came up with that himself. And so I thought that was really cute. And even though I, I love my rocks and stuff like that, I tend to be better with my rocks and with my plants than in the kitchen. I'm not that skilled in the kitchen. Really, I just need to learn better recipes, uh, more brews and stuff like that, and teas to make. I'll definitely be looking up some more recipes and practicing because I definitely want to become a better kitchen witch than I am right now. I'm not the best, and I'm stocking up on my herbs. That way I can become a better kitchen witch and I can have my supply on hand. But I love it. I love that I dabble in a bunch of different things because there always just feels like there's something new to learn. I never get bored. I never feel like I've reached my boundaries. I'm always working in new territory and I'm always working on myself and that is always fun. I really enjoy it. But let's move on from this. For those who want to know, we have a new moon coming up this Wednesday on the 22nd. So be sure to do your spell workings then. Um, what are your new moon plans actually? I don't think I really have any big plans, but I'm definitely going to be doing some meditation and Probably going to be trying to do some law of attraction that day, trying to manifest some stuff. That's probably what I'm going to be working on. If you have any plans, definitely go over to Facebook and let everyone know what your plans are. Share your ideas. Anyways, I think that's going to pretty much wrap up this episode. I hope you got a little bit better of an understanding of tools and hopefully you're excited to make you an altar. I'm super excited. Be sure to check out the Facebook page to see pictures of my altar. And if you have an altar, please show us yours. Show us the things that you're proud of, the things that you love about your altar, your tools that you like to use. Go on there and try to inspire some other people that might not be there quite yet. Definitely go on there, share your pictures, share your thoughts. I love to hear from y'all. Also be sure to like and follow the Facebook page. Stay up on updates and announcements and you don't want to miss the giveaways that are taking place there. So remember, if you have not entered yourself in, to enter yourself in for the welcome giveaway that's happening. The deadline is the 26th, so be sure to go on there to also do that. You can always contact me through the messenger or through my email at haley.punt at gmail.com if you have any questions about this episode or any previous episodes. Next week, we are going to talk about Beltane. That's coming up on May 1st. And that is the midpoint between the celebrations of the spring equinox and then the summer solstice. So we're right in the middle of that. That's called Beltane, and we're going to be talking about that. Like I said, that will be happening on May 1st. So go ahead and start thinking about any big plans that you might be having coming up. Uh, I'm going to talk about my plans next week of what I have going on. 
We're going to be talking about the meaning and the importance of it. Also, I've had some requests on the moon phases and exactly what they mean. So we're going to talk about how we can use them in spell work. And with that, we of course have to talk about the mother, the maiden, and the crone. There's no way we can talk about the moon phases and not talk about her. So we're going to be talking about that, and I'm also going to be sharing with you about the moon water that I made on the super moon earlier in April. I've been using that, and I'm going to be telling you how it's been working for me. We will also be revealing the winner. We'll be revealing the winner of the giveaway come next week on Tuesday. So with that being said, let me see all of your pictures on Facebook with your altars, and until next Tuesday, happy hunting.